The views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the views of anyone. All facts presented here are 100% true and accurate unless they aren't. We use strong language, including Russian and Latvian here, so listener circumspection is advised. Uh, so according to Metatron, uh, the Sorry. archangel, the voice of God, uh, this enchanted rock, uh, the, uh, the clitoris and the two balls of enchanted rock, and the entire root structure of pink granite underneath it, form the in... The batholith. Form the batholith. Say it. Which batholith. is... Which is Holly Hunter Say saying basilisk. Batholith. 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 There's our intro right there. <laughs> I don't know why, but that sounds sexy. great Mike Ford, my co-host, and together we're going to explore something we found in the woods somewhere. Our guest today is Tanner Murphy. Hello, everybody. He is also our producer. We'll be talking with him about Enchanted Rock and the weird shit that goes down there sometimes. Um, so See, I- technically it is the late great Mike Ford. And you are Yeah, but with your Nora. argument, I'm pretty sure it could also be the early great Mike Ford. I, I was just about to say, on a quantum level, uh, it really kind of all works. That's the beauty of quantum. Yeah. And this is you my. You can't stop me. This is this is my co-host uh, Nora. I'll tell you the rest of my name when you need to know. Day. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Well, I wanted to go ahead and start with facts about Enchanted Rock. And right. So today's cold, today's hard episode facts, like the is cold, hard surface of Enchanted Rock at night. Yes, Enchanted Rock, uh, which is the subject of today's episode, which is um, definitely in the woods somewhere. Yeah, it's in the woods about 17 miles north of Fredericksburg, Texas. Yes. And uh, uh, as you go down the highway, you just see this large pink mound rise uh, out of the horizon, and it's just incredible, and it sounds weird, like... Now, yeah, for those of you, for those of you who haven't been here, um, Texas is not just the wide open fields and plains and deserts that you think of when you think of the cowboys riding through. We don't all ride horses. The Texas Hill Country. Like half of us ride horses. We mostly ride horses. We do say y'all though. It happens. It slips out sometimes. We apologize for that. No, I don't apologize for that. We do not apologize for anything. No, because we're Texans. Yes, <laughs> this is true. Uh, but the Texas Hill Country is actually uh, filled with non-native cedar trees that came in from the cattle drives. It's a very, very lush area in just deep in the heart of Texas. It's beautiful. The hill country is beautiful, and if you ever get a chance to drive through it, totally, totally drive through the hill country of Texas. So we are talking about a dome of pink granite that is in the middle of this basin of huge... I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a national park. It's not park. just a dome, Mike. It is the largest pink granite mana, mana, mana monolith? Knock, monolith? Monadnock, <laughs> which is also known as an Inselberg in the U.S. And an Inselberg or Monadnock is a, an isolated rock hill, knob, ridge, or small mountain that rises... From gently sloping or virtually level plains. The only larger one in, see how I said one and didn't even try to approach the name that I still don't know exactly what it is? We can go with Inselberg, that's easier. Inselberg. So the only larger Inselberg in North America is Stone Mountain in Georgia. Uh, which has a lot of dead Confederates carved into its side and is the side of uh, some extremely... um, well, some extremely KKK activity. Um, so it doesn't, uh, and Enchanted Rock, however, is not, uh, doesn't quite have the reputation that Stone Mountain has. Well, well, no, but kind of. People do come from all over the country to see Enchanted Rock, and it's the largest pink granite. Pink granite. Did I say pink things. limestone? No, you just no. said, the, I mean, there it can be a larger one, but this, I mean, that just makes it even more amazing that it's the second largest Inselberg and the largest pink granite. The oh, okay, gotcha. The largest pink granite. Pink specifically, pink granite. Um, so now that we've got the color out of the way, 
Okay. Well, it covers 640 acres. Uh, it's 425 feet above Wait. the surrounding area, and it's 1,825 feet above sea level, huh? Is that acreage the national park that surrounds it or the actual rock? I think it's the actual rock. I, it I is surrounded by a very uh, decent-sized national, national park. It might also be including the area underneath because, actually... Um, well, now the rock itself. Uh, it, well, it's called a batholith. Which is not, it's not uh, it's the not Harry, Potter Harry Potter monster with a lisp. A lisp. I, no. It's been pointed out to me do, that I do have a bit of a lisp, but this is not what that is. This is actually called a batholith, which is it's 62 square miles, so I don't know if that adds up to 640 acres. I, I really don't know. I'm sorry. But essentially, a batholith is a large piece of rock where most of it is underground and the rest of it is up or like a little bit of it is above ground it's like an iceberg or a clitoris sure <laughs> <laughs> i mean it kind of looks like a clitoris it, it really kind of does I and guess. it extends much further uh into the body of the earth than uh than is apparent that explains why people hear moaning on it all the time exactly <laughs> this is my entire point <laughs> all about the clitoris people it has veins it has veins <laughs> are we still talking about the clitoris here i i was i was about to ask uh okay well it has the veins that uh, go into various areas so like there a vein one vein goes into marble falls where there was a small area a small granite mound it's all pretty much gone now but that granite from marble falls that is connected to the enchanted rock granite is actually the granite that our capitol building the texas state capitol i was going to bring up the capitol because mm -hmm. it, it also has that same pinkish hue to yeah, it like... it's the same granite it's a it's a vein of the enchanted rock huh, granite. i had no idea nice um veins of it also go out almost like between, uh, like two or three miles outside of Fredericksburg, it's where this place called uh, Balanced Rock was, and it was this awesome rock that was just like giant. Balanced. Balanced rock, and it just like stood on this tiny little peak. Right. And it was this giant boulder, and these assholes decided to blow it up. So if you're them, fuck you. So now it's unbalanced rock. And now it's a bunch of little boulders. What assholes? Yeah, right. Look, <laughs> been, folks, been there for when you of years. see a rock that is balanced on another rock Just in a way that is peculiar and obviously a sign of the brilliance of creation, don't blow it up. So what in, in how enchanted rock was formed and the reason that they have these veins is because uh, <laughs> Still not talking about the clitoris. Um, the reason they are Although, if you play a drinking game with this podcast where every time we say Enchanted Rock, you assume we're talking about the clitoris. Uh, yeah, do that. Well, it'll be fun. I don't know how drunk you're going to get, but it'll be very fun. Comment in the section down below and tell us what happens if um, you drink every time we say the word clitoris on the show. There you clitoris, go. Clitoris, clitoris, clitoris. Oh, that was like a 4B. Just, just chug the beer, people. At this point, forget rules. Just chug you the should beer. be drunk when you start listening to this podcast. <laughs> if you're not drunk or in some other form of mental inebriation, you really should be. You have we some are catching up to do. Um, anyway, so it was formed. The reason it has these veins is because uh, it was formed. There was a pocket of magma under the earth, and it pushed upward, and then it cooled and hardened into this dome. And over time, the uh, soil... Was it liquid hot magma? <laughs> no? No one? All right, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, for those of our viewers out there that, uh, that you know... Maybe... That was Austin Powers, okay, maybe just a say, little bit. I it was, was bad. Say, I'm not saying I do good impressions. I was say, I just say that, you know... I, I thought it was an Austin Powers thing. It was totally an Austin Powers thing. I wasn't sure, but oh, all right. All right. Well, yeah, I guess... It was, it in was fact. It was liquid hot magma, and then it cooled and hardened, and the soil... That's what she said. <laughs> Usually it heats up and hardens. I have way. no idea why she said that. She just said it, this and it still confuses so me to this day, but I didn't get a second date. A giant pink dome just Just sticking up out, out of the ground. Of the earth, and you... And so that is Enchanted Rock, folks. It's a national park. It has 11 miles, nearly, nearly 11 miles of trails, um... 
Oh. Stunning national park. If you get the opportunity to visit, you honestly there really should go. There was one thing that I really, really night. wanted to touch on because it has to do with lore later in the show. So it is home to these things called uh, weather pits or vernal pools. Yes. Which, yeah, they're those little... They're these little pockets on top of the mountain that have sort of eroded away. As, uh, and we'll get into this, uh, this a little bit later, as the Texas sun heats up the rock and the night cools the rock, it expands and contracts, allowing portions of the surface to slough off. Uh, when it sloughs off, these pools, and also, these I mean, pockets... And nothing protecting the granite up there from rain. So when it rains, it tends to just become a downpour, and you can see on the rock the streams that, like, where the water streams down. Um, and and these pockets of exposed uh, new granite then become filled with water. Yes, and those vernal pools hold water for weeks at a time, um, and they are home to these organisms called fairy shrimp. They are translucent. So, I mean, fairies have been spotted on Enchanted Rock, technically. Again, they're fairies in the same way that sea monkeys are monkeys, which I'm sure we all know from the time that we were extremely disappointed after that smiling family yeah, turned out to be just a little bit of fairies, shrimp. Fairies, Mike. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Well, they shrimp are, with wings. They are translucent freshwater shrimp, and they swim upside down and they eat algae, and they're very cute. And if you actually go to the rock, you can see them. Like if there's water in the pools, you can see them swimming around in there. Please. Don't let your animals pee in the um, vernal pools. And, and don't touch them. Don't touch them. Don't pee in them yourself. Like, just leave those things alone, too, because they're very fragile little ecosystems. And they actually have signs posted everywhere, like, don't Please don't, don't mess with the vernal pools. I think it's very interesting what happens to the vernal pools after their vernal pools. Well, I'll tell you about that in a minute. These shrimp are pretty cool. Okay. They survive, strangely, by sort of, like, hibernating when the pools are dry, and then they, the eggs hatch whenever it rains. And over time, you know, with erosion and science and stuff, um, soil starts to build up inside of these vernal pools and they turn into small prairies, like small islands of um, greenage. and Sand, which supports greenage, well, which becomes into soil, dirt, and soil, which, which supports yeah, more greenage. and stuff like that. And they just become these little prairies that are actually home to some really cool animals. We saw, like, this weird black We saw squirrel. a black squirrel, yes. I had never seen Which them. are not abundant in central called, Texas. I think they're called fox squirrels, and they live specifically in that area. Oh, they're, really? Yes. How I thought it was just an average black pools? squirrel. About the same size as a normal squirrel. squirrel no, but, no, no, the pools. Oh, the pools. I thought you said how big are the squirrels. You will get pools that are anywhere from six to eight inches across because of just a pockmarked surface. Uh, so uh, there is one up there that is probably what 15 feet across yeah. with some good trees growing in it. I mean, it, it uh, has obviously cacti. been generating yeah. an ecosystem for a long time. So they're like small oases within the, I guess, desert within oceans. just yeah. this expanse of pure rock. There's nothing up there. It's except incredible wind. that there are trees and bushes up there. You and amazingly it's all find of these life. These little vernal pools that start out as just pools of. Water. Life finds a way. Now, if you like, we can get into some Native American lore. Yes, okay, so as, as I said, this, uh, this rock has, it has an amazing history. It has some really interesting lore surrounding it. It has some very interesting modern-day lore surrounding it. Um, and yet, and yet, and yet. So let's get into a little bit of the history of it. Okay. Uh, before we get into the modern day uh, sightings and experiences uh, with our guest today, Tanner Murphy. So the Native Americans in the area started with the Apaches, Kiowa, and Tonkawa, and they were sort of pushed out of the area by the Comanches who were... Um, the Comanches and the Apaches hated the Tonkawa uh, because they regarded them as cannibals. So that's an interesting... That was one Is of the there evidence of Tonkawa cannibalism, actually? I haven't because that could be that that is a kind of a sinister connection to Enchanted Rock. That comes well, back to a little bit more of the the unreliable are, but darker stories that I've read around Enchanted Rock. Well, I've read some things about there being human sacrifices at the base of Enchanted Rock, but as far as I no can real tell, evidence of that. No. The the best story that I heard um, was actually from after what you're talking about when the Comanche were actually being forced out of the area. Uh, the way Enchanted Rock the is Comanche set up... The Comanche by the white people or Apache? The Comanche, the Comanche by the white people. Okay. Uh, 
they were uh, against a whole bunch of infantry. The way Enchanted Rock is set up, from the base of Enchanted Rock, you cannot see the top. And in fact, there's like a two or three tier system. When you get up to the first tier, you can't see the top of the third tier. Yes, essentially you start to get to a peak and you think you've reached the peak and then you get up to it and you realize that there is a whole other peak. Listen, uh, if you're coming to Enchanted Rock, just love hiking. It's, it's a great hike, but it is every time you think you're at the top, you're not. Take well, a lot of rest stops. That makes for a very interesting uh, situation in that you can hop from the ground, you can hide about a thousand people on top of Enchanted Rock, and no one can be seen from the ground. Are we getting into government conspiracy theories? No, no. I'm talking about the best story that I ever heard when the Comanches, uh, they knew the white men were coming, they knew that they were about to be forced out of the area. so they hid on top of Enchanted Rock and the people who had been sent through to sweep the area found no signs of natives in the area, uh, so they moved on. And the entire, I mean, the entire several tribes in the area or several conclaves of, of Comanche tribes in the area were just sitting on top of the rock being really quiet. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's really interesting to me that they would do that because uh, all of the stories I've read have been that the Native Americans, the Comanches in the area, were terrified of this rock. Well, and you have to understand, white man was coming. The only thing that scared them more than Enchanted Rock was the white people who would come to annihilate them. That's fair. Uh, and, they, I mean, it's the only story I ever heard of anyone hiding up there because, as you said, it was a very respected very sacred, very almost feared the, it place. It was called, you know, the Enchanted Rock, not just Enchanted Rock, the name of it now, but it was called like, oh, that's the Enchanted Rock, or they're over at the Enchanted Rock. I've also heard that it was called Singing Spirit Rock. I had not heard that, but I could bet that was true. The reason they were so afraid of it, the reason they thought it was enchanted, was because during the day, the rock heats up and expands, and then at night, it cools and it contracts, and that creates a loud sort of moaning sound. Clitoris. Clitoris. Um, <laughs> Say it. Then they got to drink three times. Clitoris. There you go. Yes. Getting our listeners inebriated. <laughs> Don't drive. Um, if you're listening to this while driving, driving. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we give you a pass on the drinking game. <laughs> if you're driving... Don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive. Not even Sprite, people. Hands-free. Hands-free no is the name of the game. We So they would see the, um, the vernal pools would reflect the fires from down below the mountain and the stars and the moon and stuff. It would reflect uh, off the water of the vernal pools. And so they thought there were gr- ghost fires. Ghost fires. Uh, ghost fires burning on top of the mountain at night because they were like, nobody's up there who's... Hmm. Setting those fires. Interesting. Um, but they thought that the moaning was like this moaning of the great spirit of the rock. The vernal pools they also thought were uh, footprints of spirits as well. Or possibly the footprints of a chief uh, who went up there and sacrificed a young woman because he wanted the gods' uh, approval for something. But in the end, the gods uh, decided not because that was a bad thing. Uh, so his footprints are still burned into the rock, I believe is the story. And if you walk barefoot up that rock, your footprints will be burned into the rock too. There is a pantheon of what I would call high strangeness in the area and specifically in It Enchanted has always rock. been a place of mystery. Hauntings, supernatural sightings, etc., etc., so I wanted to look into kind of the alternative history of Enchanted Rock. Okay. Uh, I wanted to look into the alien connection. Okay. Because... Because it looks like a giant flying saucer. Yes. Now, I found absolutely no re- reputable sources to say that there was any alien connection to Enchanted Rock. However, I also found several very disreputable sources who also said there was no alien origin to Enchanted Rock. So because the sources were so disreputable... You can't believe them. You can't believe anything that they say, so that must mean that... (laughs) That there are alien origins for Enchanted Rock, and that's why the reputable ones are covering it up. 
But no, they're really, I, I looked into, because I had always heard everyone was talking about Enchanted Rock, Enchanted Rock, so strange. So the high strangeness of Enchanted Rock, and just before we go any further, would you like to describe high strangeness for us? It's, it's one of those areas where nothing, no stories of sighting, weird sightings that have happened there seem to be connected to each other at all, or even the old Native American folklore surrounding the area. Um, but people, like, definitely have seen some shit there. It's just not connected. I would explain the fact that the night I spent there was one of the weirdest nights as far as just the sheer number of strange things that happened to me. <laughs> Uh, and you are not the only person that has described some form of high strangeness, uh, which of course draws our attention. But let's let's get into just because it's really hard to define exactly what's going on here. Uh, as far as uh, is it is it Bigfoot? Is it wood apes? Not a single sighting. Uh, chupacabras, nothing. White stags, ghost wolves, Wendigoag. Uh, hang on, hang on. Wendigoag? This is my favorite thing. Wendigoag is the plural of Wendigo, which are, I don't Nora. understand. They're the scariest and the best, and I fear them. And Cryptids them. or? They things. are Native American legend of uh, flesh eater and blood drinker. Essentially, if you got into a shapeshifter. Well, we don't have to scare them off right away. Maybe we can do an episode they're of Wendigos. They're my favorite because they're so scary. Well, maybe that is we have to do. We have to do an episode. We have to do an episode on Wendigos. Uh, if you saw a that, Wendigo, that you'd be dead. That might be what this one is. No, you'd <laughs> it's, be dead. It's possible. You'd be strung up in a cave being um, sliced piece by piece over weeks at a time. This will be our Halloween special. We'll do a Wendigo. <laughs> special. The only way to kill them is fire. They are in the woods somewhere. Oh God. Uh, but still, and the no sightings. Though most diddly squat, nothing. Uh, even down to if you take the Native American tribes into uh, account, even down to anthropomorphic avatars of Trickster Fox or Brother Coyote, you've got you've got nothing, and yet a billion. And that is a factual billion, not a billion and one, not... All okay. right, we get it. There are so many references to what people can only describe as weird shit. Yeah. Um, it's, it's supposed to be extremely haunted, but ghost sightings, very specific, like I saw this ghost, there was an encounter... Nothing. Yeah. Poltergeist encounters where like shit is being thrown everywhere, or, like uh, trees are trying to grab you and claws your eyes so out if really you've seen Evil Dead. Nothing like, of that. Everybody has a strange story about it, but you can't find any strange stories online because they aren't consistent. There's no like, so let, lore. There's no like connections between. There's yeah. no connective lore at all. Even the alien sightings. There's only been a couple. So let's go. Let's go into some of the. Some of the encounters. Yeah. Uh, well, Tanner, yeah. you uh, you had a, an experience at Enchanted Rock. Several, yes, at okay. the same night. And and these are, these are not things that can necessarily be explained other than just being weird. The cats might be explainable. I'm not sure. About that. <laughs> I'm I not sure that cats are, are explainable. We might we might do an entire cryptid show on cats. The they cats might are... be psychic people. We don't know. We are doing an entire. We've already done an entire show That's true, we about did. cats. Yeah. Large cats. Yeah. It's true. It's true. And but, we didn't uh, mention I think that they're the cats psychic. Cats are probably the weirdest thing you saw. All right, everyone. I would like to take a moment to give a shout out to Brothers Construction of Austin. Uh, whether you're building a barn to protect your goats from chupacabra or remodeling your kitchen after Bigfoot found the lima beans, uh, Brothers Construction is the only name you need to know. Fully insured and bonded, Brothers Construction is a full-scale, no-hassle operation specializing in turnkey construction, including electrical and plumbing. If you're in Central Texas, from Dripping Springs to Bastrop, San Marcos to Leander, you need to contact Brothers Construction. Tell them you heard about them on In the Woods somewhere, and they're going to knock $100 off your quote just like that. Find them on Facebook at Brothers Construction ATX or shoot them an email at brothersconstructionaustin at gmail.com. You'll wind up recommending them to your friends. Okay, so you, you went out to Enchanted Rock to go camping, right? Yes. Okay. It was just a one-night camping trip with my dad and my sister. And what year was this? Uh, around 2009. Um, I was probably like 14 at the time. Okay. 
Um, was this at the usual campground location? I mean, as far as I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, had you, had you headed off the trails? Had you had you gone? Had you, like, taken the backpacks and snuck to a good camp spot? Or had you, like, stayed no, at the approved camp spot? No, it was, it was within spot? the, like, campsite where everybody else was camping. Oh. So, yeah. Um, and we had just gotten there. It there was, was like no maybe, trespassing that took place. No, in no, no, no. It was it was like three o'clock in the afternoon when we got there, roundabout, and um, you know. It Wait, was, tell us about the cats. Yeah, well, <laughs> we got there and um, and the first thing we saw as we were coming into the campsite was like this. I, I assume like a family of what looked like just domesticated cats, but feral. You know, they were just out crawling around in the woods, up in the trees. You say a family. How, how big was this family? I was, uh, about a dozen or so, but they were like all different sizes like and colors. An and just like an astounding number a, of a cats. odd collection of these house cats <laughs> out in the woods. But at least a dozen? That's a lot to just be chilling in the hill country of Texas. I mean, yeah. Maybe when, kinda... you know, when your cat goes outside, doesn't come back, it didn't find a new family, it went through a little vortex and wound it up in Enchanted Rock. Yeah. All lost cats go to All Enchanted Rock. All lost cats go to Enchanted Rock. Well, we've also talked about cats being cryptids. It's it, yeah. It's very possible that they just move places at will, or that they're they, uh, they can associated. just transport themselves. We'll do a whole show on it. It'll be fun. This uh, this experience happened at night, right? For the first time, or Wait. I mean, after the after the cats, because the cats are kind of weird, Wait, but they're on. not super weird. Wait, tell us about the lights first. The lights. Well, I mean, I'll I'll just take it from the beginning. We we saw the cats. We went hiking. It was a pretty normal afternoon. We went up to you know the top of the the enchanted rock. You know, I, there's there's three you went right. To there's the peak. there's three rocks. Yes, um, I uh, falsely. Uh, this is the only place that I could hear them referred to as Little Dome and Freshman Dome, or uh, the other two rocks. Um, no, it's Little Brother and Turkey Peak. But uh, uh, no, I'm pretty I sure think... Enchanted Rock is, according to James Tiburon of Metatron. According to Metatron, did oh, we, did we already yeah. do Metatron? We we didn't cover Metatron right here. Well, we'll I'm not going to repeat myself. What? According to Metatron, uh, the largest dome, the Enchanted Rock, is female, and then the two the little the two lateral domes, quote Little Dome on the west and Freshman Dome on the east. All right, whatever whatever he says. All hail Metatron. Uh, <laughs> so you so you went up to the top of the one known yes, as Enchanted we, Rock, we the, main, the, speaker of the yeah. main the main big one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, you know, it was a good hike as far as I can remember, um, and we came back down and had a normal evening. You I know, making... hate coming down in the evening. <laughs> we made s'mores or whatever. I Going mean... down in the evening, however. That's lovely. Yeah. So or the morning. <laughs> Sometimes in the afternoon. Um, Sometimes at noon. Yeah. Sometimes kind of a mid-morning break. Always. <laughs> Always a second breakfast going down. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm going to call it from now on. Second breakfast. Nine in the afternoon going down? Nine in the afternoon? Uh, could be interesting. Oh. Uh, okay, so uh, so you, you, came, yeah. you came down. We the, came down the, the rock. Uh, it was getting, you know, t- a little closer to sunset. We came back to the campsite, and three of us made s'mores and just kind of hung out by the fire and whatever. Um... And we got into our tent uh, toward the end of the night, and as we were kind of all, you know, settling in to go to sleep, um, we saw several small lights through our our tent. Like it was all zipped up, and all the windows were closed and everything, but we could see these faint lights through the mesh. And we were kind of just staring at them for a while because they seemed to be growing um, in size. And, were they, uh, they? They weren't moving around. They, oh, they were, were just. Yeah, they, they were. They were moving around. They, they looked like they were kind of drifting around, like fairy-like almost. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But um, as soon as we popped our heads out to see what was going on, we figured out that it was just hikers with headlamps on. But the reason we thought that it was like something weird going on is because through the mesh of the tent, the light was being distorted into like a weird kaleidoscopy effect. So we were just a little <laughs> bit confused about what that could have possibly been. But. Yeah, it wasn't anything. Fair. So, so no aliens there. It was, it was no, just no. the hikers. But that leads into the hikers the, the could sighting. be aliens. You don't know. It could have been aliens with headlamps. Yes. Yeah, true. It could have been. Um, Maybe their eyes closed. <laughs> there is no proof that it wasn't. But so, so we we looked out of our tent to see what that was, and then as we were doing that, we kind of someone's gaze drifted. One of the three of us drifted toward the tree line at the edge of the campsite. And pointed out, sort of a um, shimmering figure uh, that looked 
I, I don't actually remember what, what form it took when we first saw it. But when you say shimmering, I'm thinking like Predator? I've actually never During seen the cloaking Predator, device? but no? I, I um, think I know what you're talking about. Or like pretty much any cloaking device in yeah, yeah. any like, movie Like when Harry made. Potter puts on the cloak and you can see sort of like a distortion effect happening when he... Yeah, like, okay, yeah. Harry, yeah. Uh, there yeah. you go. So, uh, but you said topical. this was at night, or in the evening time at least, so it probably wasn't a heat wave, and it probably no. wasn't a trick of the light. Yeah, it was... Well, heat waves are generally localized. You said they are generally not very localized. You said this had a distinct shape. It was a very specific spot that we were all looking at. Um, so, no, I don't think it would have been a heat wave. And I, you know, so we were all we were all staring at it and watching it sort of move about as, like, an animal would, just kind of meandering through the woods or whatever. Just kind of snuffling so out. So did it change, like, height? Yeah, so that's the thing. That's That was the weird thing about it is that it actually seemed to be shifting not only in shape like it wasn't like bigfoot doing yoga it was actually <laughs> changing volume it seemed like it would go from something as tall as a person to something as small as like a a dog you know like a small dog so and everything in between like it looked like a deer at some points it looked like you know uh whatever Maybe it was like, someone's patronus Possibly, yeah. It it seems comparable, like to the the kind of shimmering effect that was going on. Yeah. Like it it wasn't giving off any light, but it it did have sort of like a weird, uh, just aura within the like just confines like sort of, its... of a flowy. Well, yeah. and if this was some sort of being that was you know cloaked or invisible or something like that, using a light effect, uh, if it was some sort of hyperdimensional being, the idea of it changing mass would not be. Uh, changing, being able to move freely through length, width, and height, yeah. uh, and the ability to change its mass uh, three-dimensionally would not be unheard of. Did we want to get into the hyperdimensional theory? Oh, we'll get into that on a later show. But yeah, I mean, the, the, I guess the closest thing I would compare it to would be like just cloud gazing, you know, but like watching one single cloud kind of shift from one thing to another, and all three of us were watching, and we were all three agreeing upon the things that... What it looked like now. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't just one of us, like, hallucinating. Like, we were all looking at the same thing. Do you remember kind of what some of the shapes you guys were like, well, now, you know, now it looks like a duck. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, do you remember some, some of the shapes that you were, that you guys remember it being? I mean, I guess not specifically. I mean, like, dog, bear, humanoid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Most of the things we were comparing it to were, like, animals, not, like, inanimate objects. Okay. Um, so it would have been, like, Like, a... that looks like a tree. Yeah, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, that looks like an 18th century Chesterfield. <laughs> so how long did you guys watch this thing for? I would say we looked at it for a good 10 or 15 minutes, just kind of watching it do its thing, and then... Uh, <laughs> just a little southern draw snuck out of me there. A little thing. <laughs> a little thing. <laughs> well, you know, um, you can do your thing, but then you can also do your thing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, we were uh, okay. So, you guys were outside watching this thing. Was yeah, the campfire yeah, okay, still yeah. going at all? Or no, was it no, we totally were died all down settled at this point? down for the night. Like we were ready to go to sleep, and we saw the headlamps, and then peeked our heads out and saw the the thing. The thing. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember if it was that we it either either disappeared into the trees or just faded away, or if we just got bored of watching it after so long. Because you can only look at something for so long before it starts to lose its like. Yeah, who you know. cares about that shimmery spectrum <laughs> field that no one's ever seen before? Unless it's presenting a direct danger. I mean, I it's mean, the middle of the night. That's night. True. I'm tired, like, man. But like, I think we all kind of agreed. Like, there's no way that this is like an actual creature. We must just be. Like, hallucinating. Yeah, like that episode of X-Files where Mulder and Scully stepped on the mushrooms and the spores got released. Yeah. That was you guys at night. Yeah, that must have been. But, um, I mean... It was those damn cats. <laughs> the cats stepped on the mushrooms. Oh, you know what? It was probably the cats, like, like all climbing on top of each other and making... Strange Make like a am- cat king, yeah, which is like a rat king, but with cats, am- much scarier. Amorphous blob of cats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe That's the cats happening. were the messengers. Maybe they were uh, what sent the signal to this being to yeah. come check you guys out. <laughs> well, uh, and then you had a couple of um, indirectly protective beings mm, keeping you from going out into yeah, the wilderness yeah, yeah. that night. So after all of that, we all went to sleep. Um, and later on in the night, um, I woke up to go use the restroom at the campsite. And I unzipped the tent and just kind of glanced off to my left or my right and saw a fox um, just kind of standing there, but like sort of aggressively. 
But not looking at me, it was looking off, like, sort of adjacent to me, to the other side of me. So I looked over to the other side, and there was a skunk also standing there very aggressively, staring back at the fox, right in front of my tent. And I, I just kind of froze. They didn't even <laughs> you flinch were staring when I, at them, when I stepped staring out. at each other. Yeah, they were just looking at each other, and they didn't, like, bat an eye when I stepped out of my tent. They were still just, like, right there, just... You know, whether, whether in that situation, whether the hammer hits the anvil or the anvil, anvil hits the hammer, it's a bad day for the horseshoe. Yeah, I was, I was between a rock and a hard... E- uh, uh, between a skunk and a fox. Should, should be uh, a new expression. Ro- rock in a very <laughs> stinky <laughs> place. Okay, so I know it was probably actually kind of scary because even little wild animals can be scary because they all have, like, claws and shit. And it was, you know, fox are... Foxes and they're both kind of like they can be foxes a little bit Foxes can like, be unpredictable. You don't really want to be in between those two. But yeah, I... I Stepped out, looked at them, and just kind of gave up on the idea of of going to the bathroom. I was just like, well, I guess I'll pee in my sleeping bag and call it a night. <laughs> I was going to say, if the fox even makes a little bit of a move, you're probably just peeing on yourself right there. Because, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, no, fox and skunk, that's not a good place to be. No. Um, but other than that, uh, other than those four strange occurrences within the same night, uh, everything else was fine. We, we slept through the night. We got up in the morning. We did see the cats again. Uh, in the, the morning? following morning when we left, but <laughs> see, I would say that the cats are odd. Yeah. The headlamps are um, weed. they were probably just an effect uh, of or, or alcohol you know. or you know uh, or maybe just waking up in the you know who who knows? But I'm gonna say the headlamps were just uh, people being people. Yeah. Uh, the the weird thing that gets me the uh, the cryptid that I that I'm really interested in that one is the amorphous blob that just kind of I mean that's the one that sticks out to me obviously. And how long was... did you watch this thing? I want to say like 10, 15 minutes. I like that you guys are all about the amorphous blob, and I just can't get this raccoon and fox, or no, skunk, uh, uh, skunk and fox, and fox out fox. of my head. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. But uh, do you have any theories on what this thing might have been? Well, as far as uh, any sort of specific cryptids uh, in the area, there's I've, I've come across a lot of people who have heard strange things, although no one's ever seen anything specifically like that out there. Um, like I said, I mean, my first theory would be some sort of pan-dimensional being, what would normally be called a spirit or a ghost or a what alien, whatever, uh, but something that exists outside of our of our four dimensions. There, there are a lot of reports uh, that I've heard of different noises. Um, the noises that really interest me are the ones that don't come from the rock, because this has been known uh, pretty much since the Native Americans named it as the singing rock. Mm. Uh, the uh, composition the granite it heats up during the day it cools down at night it lets off not only uh, light uh, radiation but it also groans and puts off a lot of different sounds like a woman moaning or a uh, you know the the earth groaning um, or sometimes just kind of a much lighter sound like singing yeah uh, so a lot of different sounds have been heard in the area most of which can be attributed to the rock expanding and contracting. Um, there uh, weren't really necessary. I don't the, recall any like noises coming from the area like while we were watching this thing move around. Um, but I could see how it might how it could have been possibly like you know like you said the the corona coming off of the rock um, unless. It's not localized towards the bottom of the rock. And, and that's the, the only problem with the story is that it, it, it couldn't be one of those because those are all localized to the corona. Yeah. Those are all localized to the exposed uh, pink granite and the veins of crystal that run through them. Okay. Um, I, I got really excited when you, when you mentioned lights outside the tent because uh, one of my stories that I found about the alien invasion was full of lights and light effects. They had several different things that looked like, um, what are the things that they use on, glow sticks. Mm, yeah. Looks like glow sticks spinning outside of their tent. Okay. Um, this was after a couple different encounters. Uh, one, he was flashing his flashlight at a light on the horizon, and it just kind of kept going up and up and up, and then he'd stop flashing it, and it would drift down to the horizon. Huh. And well, then, I wonder what possessed him to, like, Start flashing. He his. he even said that he did not know. He saw this light on the horizon, and he grabbed his flashlight. I'm trying to find out uh, who this guy was. Um, I did not write down any of these. Well, you're just gonna have to trust me on this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, he saw a. Uh, he just saw the light on the horizon, and he decided to just start blinking a flashlight at it for no apparent reason. 
And as he was flashing his light at it, it was... It was responding it by rising bounce. higher and higher on the horizon. And then when he'd stop flashing it, it would drift down. Interesting. And so he started at the end. He was like rapidly flashing his flashlight until it was almost directly overhead. Then he stopped and it drifted all the way back down to the horizon. Hmm. Now, on December 11th of 2015, between Fredericksburg and Leno, four different people saw a triangle of orange lights in the area hovering and then splitting off to go their own spinning directions. One uh, was reported at uh, 7 p.m. So Two were reported at 8.30. Uh, four different people, four different locations. At different times. At different times and in different places. But all around Enchanted Rock. Yes. One, between Fredericksburg and Lano, there was only one reported at Ch Enchanted Rock. Uh, and that report was actually a little bit different. It was a report of a hovering light blinking from red to white near a very tall tower. Oh, that definitely was not a cell phone tower. No, no, this was an alien. <laughs> this was not some drunk dude who mistook a cell phone tower. What uh, we don't know is that all cell phone towers are just antenna for alien communications. Well, absolutely. I mean, that, that just goes into the That's what those entire... red and white lights are at the top of the cell phone towers. Because red and white are primary colors. They're aliens. Okay. So, so nothing, nothing happens in Enchanted Rock. Nothing. Can't find evidence of anything. But Can't find sightings of, of anything. Stuff but everything happens here. At Enchanted Rock. I have... A theory. Okay? Actually, I don't have a theory. I came across a theory. Oh my god. I'm the, so ready for this. This theory... Is this the Vortex thing? Yes. This this theory is presented by uh, James Tiberon, or Tiberon, uh, of the Galactic Free Press. Uh, now, this, uh, this is a quote to kind of just give you a general idea. The largest dome, Enchanted Rock, which is not the name of the dome, is female in individual aspect. What? This is a direct quote. All right, I'm quoting Tiburon. Now... We've already covered that it's female, Mike. Right, we know that it's female. So uh, you know you can trust this guy because this quote either comes from James Tiburon or Metatron. <clears throat> Music. The largest dome, Enchanted Rock, is female in individual aspect. She is the mother, the nurturer. She feeds energy to the other two domes, which balance and anchor her. Clitoris and breasts. The combined energies blend and swirl in a <laughs> clockwise pattern. Clockwise pattern, men. The two lateral domes, Little Dome on the west and Freshman Dome on the east, because we know they never match. Does the clitoris uh, anchor the boobs? <laughs> I think, according to this guy, it might, if you go in a clockwise pattern. Again, right. uh, the two lateral domes, Little Dome on the west and Freshman Dome on the east, are both male in frequency and triangula triangulate with the mother now, like, to form a powerful electrical vortex. I'm uncomfortable with the testicles in this story. Okay, so we have the clitoris. We also have the te testicles, which again, like breasts, we know they're never exactly There is some equal. weird familiar... Never exactly There equal. is a weird incesty thing happening with these testicles and the clitoris of the mother and the anchors. I gotta say, when you get into the whole Gaia Earth mother thing, the whole thing becomes very incestuous. I think I think the Bible started that. It's possible, although uh, I think that was more the Druidic tradition than the biblical tradition that came up with Incest Gaia. But honestly, I have no idea. What? Well, the Druids used to burn people alive in a wicker man. Come on, they they have they could have come up with something you like incest. You watch the 1970s film festival one time. Again, the farther back in time you go, you know, the 70s All people the who kill people are bad. Uh, a little while ago, you know, during you know uh, an Apache who kills a lot of people is a good man. You go far enough back in time, incest is a natural acceptable practice. Uh, uh, but then again, to Pornhub it is. But then again, um, we also uh, used to live in trees. So, you know, I'm not saying that things should be. So if you click on those videos in Pornhub, just like go back to your tree homes and figure it out. Figure it out, people. And if you don't, Homeland Security will figure it out for you. Go ahead and click on those links. Go ahead and click on all those links. And you know what? Don't even pay attention to your personal information. Just give it out. 
Give it out to Homeland Security. Give it out to everyone. It'll be fine. So anyway, uh, there is an energy field generated by Enchanted Rock that is roughly triangulated between Austin, Llano, and San Antonio. This energy field is directly related to the quality of life and sense of well-being found in Central Texas. Uh, and it has drawn a number of intellectuals, artists, and free thinkers to this area. For instance, four of the largest universities in Texas are located in the hill country of Texas. The state capital, which is formed from the very living rock of Enchanted Rock... We got that 512 pride. ...is in the hill country, obviously... Uh, there are wine vineyards where artisans create on a day-to-day -day basis throughout the hill country uh, of Texas. So you're basically saying that we are basically California, but better? Austin and many, many cities within the Texas hill country are continually ranked as one of the top five to ten quality of life cities in the country, in the entire country, uh, by Business Insider, Modern Living, and many, many other productions. Uh, or, I'm sorry, many, many other publications. Uh, and the Hill Country hosts a sizable artistic community of musicians, writers, sculptors. I mean, for God's sake, Willie Nelson lives here. The Texas Hill Country He brings is, his own weird energy into this He's place. encrypted in his own right. Yeah. It is, <laughs> this part of Texas is generally known to be the heart of Texas. And according to Metatron, Enchanted Rock is the living, breathing heart of the Hill Country. Uh, and in fact, it is that granite structure is in fact alive, but simply with life signs that are too slow to be documented by mankind whose life only lasts 100 years or so. Less than. Uh, potentially, if this huge granite only breathes once every thousand years, we would never notice. We're too small, too finite uh, to notice. Well, maybe the... Um, the Expanding and contracting of the rock is the rock breathing if, with that theory. It, that could potentially be respiration. Now, Metatron says that there is a natural sacred ge geometry to Enchanted Rock, and it is, quote, a living cathedral with a mission. This mission is, again, quote, bringing higher dimensional feminine energy into an area that has had an imbalance over the last 500 years. The entire purpose of Enchanted Rock, uh, according to Metatron himself, the voice of God himself, the guy, the guy that knows what God's thinking, this guy says this is all about bringing a uh, pan-dimensional higher feminine energy into the area of Texas, and that is why the creative nurturing aspect of the hill country has been documented for the last 500 years see i think that's interesting i think that's very interesting because yeah. it brings up the idea that the earth itself is an actual cryptid i like the idea of this now i mean this this whole thing is just let me just say that i cannot stress enough the reliability of the galactic free press well but i do like the idea that the earth if you define cryptid as a biological creature with no it, actual Mike. evidence, it might be, it, you, you, the earth might be an actual You cryptid. are attracted to a rock, it's okay. Listen. In this day and age, and times being what they are, if you want to marry a rock, that is up to you, man. If we were microorganisms that were susceptible to electromagnetic waves, and we lived in a person's ear canal, we would notice that the farther we went into the ear canal, the closer we got to the brain, the stronger these electromagnetic waves would affect us. If we, as human beings, are actually living on the surface of a real, actual, living organism, a cryptid, then the, these ideas, these points of electromagnetic resonance, these points of radiation, these points of high strangeness would not be as confusing. They would be explained as natural forms uh, that come from a living being. Yeah. As either Solomon or Aaron Sorkin said, who can measure the heartbeat of a mountain? Now, I also might have just made that quote up, but when dealing with the Bible, I think it's important that we are able to make up whatever we want. So that's what we're going to leave you with there, folks. Uh, the earth may very well oh. be alive. Did you have one more? I did have one thing. 
there were rumors. Before we get to it, I'm going to restart this again. <laughs> oh my god, we've gone another two hours. <laughs> what time is it? Is it like 9 o'clock now? It's uh, almost 6. It's 5 36. Oh, okay, okay. All right, that's not bad. That's yeah, not bad. Not too bad. <clears throat> it's 5 43. Well, the watch doesn't have an internet connection. So. <laughs> <laughs> we got to end soon because I'm, I'm out of beer, so. Well, and uh, do we want to do our commercial today? You want to? Yeah, and do we want to just figure out a date? I haven't written copy for the commercial. I, I don't know anything about it. Not the commercial, sorry. Oh, for the our, intro. For our show. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so we can finish up here really quick. I guess I guess that's a fine place to finish. I just. What want, were you going to mention? Well, I just wanted to mention that uh, are there were rumors of, amongst the locals that the U.S. government in World War II wanted to store, actually after World War II wanted to store weapons inside of it and create sort of, you can look up pictures online actually, it, it would be like a shaft. Shaft? Um, a shaft. On top of the clitoris? No, inside of it. I inside. I had no idea that inside. this childhood experience of mine was going to end up being so erotic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like a sort of a this description isn't going to get better. No, just keep going. <laughs> keep going like with it. You're, you're too far into it now. Sort of like a mushroom cap. That's what she said. At the top and then like a shaft leading down. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And the mushroom cap is right there. The were there any circular chambers yes. at the base? I believe those were the turkey peak and the small dome. Right. And they, were, they wanted to store weapons there, you said? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess they wanted to shoot out of the shaft, you could say. Well, hey, uh, it's, a, it's a good place to store your ammunition, but get rid of it before you go on a date. That's how people get killed. The only problem was they couldn't figure out how to uh, protect the shaft, so they couldn't figure out proper protection for the shaft. You should always protect the shaft, although from what I understand, according to the shape of Enchanted Rock, the shaft should actually be very easy to protect. Is it? What? Enchanted Rock... Is a very defensible position. Enchanted Rock is a clitoris, and that's what we'll do. A very defensible position. So that's uh, that's Enchanted Rock for you, people. Uh, we Shall uh, we say clitoris five more times, and then maybe Baffleth a few times. Clitoris and Baffleth, Baffleth eruption shaft. So that's it for you, so, folks. So Enchanted Rock <laughs> is a is a clitoris. Come visit, come visit Texas clitoris. It's uh, a sweet, sweet love to the giant pink mound. Climb up it. <laughs> Spend hours on it. Rub your body all over the rock. Take a nap on the top. You might just lose some time. Uh, so <laughs> we can't both do the song. We we can't just keep doing sign offs until it, it passes out. <laughs> uh, oh, we oh we can't just. We can't just wait until they pass out. And that's the way After it is, folks. I want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> what did we say last time? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week, and we'll meet you. We'll meet in you the in the woods, woods somewhere. somewhere. Find us on our Facebook page, In the Woods Somewhere, or on our website, inthewoodsomewhere.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at In the Woods Cast, or you can just shoot us a story or a question or just tell us how much you love us at contact at inthewoodsomewhere.com. <laughs>